Hello and welcome to another episode of Average Citizen, where average is interesting and normal is non-existent. I'm your host, Ruth Schwind, and today we'll be comparing the DNC and the RNC, discussing the differences between both conventions. So I'm going to try to make this quick, but before we get into the episode, I wanted to give you guys some updates on scheduling and when I'm planning to post. I know that last episode I said I wanted to post every single Wednesday, but it's not going to happen. Sorry guys, this isn't my full-time job, and I'm not getting paid for this, and it's a lot of work. Sorry. I'm Basically excuse, but there's also some other reasons for that, but essentially I want to post every other, our goal is to post every other Wednesday. And there's not really a time for that, so just watch out Wednesday. There will be an, every other Wednesday, there'll be an episode coming out. But to add to that, we are coming out with a new, and you're probably like, why are you doing this? You're just adding to your plate. Like, no, why, why, why? I'm gonna give you guys a reason. But we are coming out with a new episode segment on those weeks that we are not posting our Wednesday segment. And this will be on Monday. It's gonna be called Positivity Monday. And it's just gonna add a little bit of positivity to your week, just because everybody knows that Mondays are not the best. Like Mondays are not the best, but we're going to add a little bit of positivity to the beginning of your week and we're going to be making an episode which highlights you guys and how you guys were. Hello everyone. Today we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Brina and Brina, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So hi, my name is Brenna. Um, I am currently a college student um, in California and I'm studying to be an immigration lawyer for refugees. Um, and I also have my own podcast YouTube channel um, on createworshipinspire.com. And it's called um, Called and Unqualified. And it's because I'm unqualified to talk about anything. So we talk about a lot of like faith, politics, mental health, and other controversial stuff. So I'm like really fun at parties. But. <laughs> You guys can go check out your her episodes and her podcast after we're done with this episode. And I really encourage you guys to go listen to her stuff because it is amazing. Today we, as I said, we are talking about the DNC and RNC, and we'll be going through each one individually, and then we'll be comparing them and just talking about the different things that we liked and we just like to see both of the events and conventions happen. But before we do that, I want to go through a little bit and talk about just just what is the DNC, just what is the RNC. So the DNC, as you may or may not know, is the Democrat National Convention, and it happens every four years in America. And this is what we do. Um, this is what the Democrat side does, and the Republicans also do theirs. And theirs is called the Republican National Convention. Kind of simple, um, kind of kind of the same thing basically, but with Democrat and Republican in the middle. Uh, but basically, in both these conventions, they go through and the person who is running or is going against whatever side that they are on, they basically accept the nomination and then they tell about what they want to do and they share their ideas with the people that are either running it beside them, which might be the vice president or the nom nominee for the vice president who might be running as well and they share, and other people who are supporting them, just sharing just a, a little bit about, you know, what they want to do and what their mission is and how they want to go about getting there and getting to their goals during the, the presidency or during their term uh, and why they're qualified and why the American people should support them. So that's kind of what the DNC is. That's what the RNC is. Um, this year, 
is you may or may not know because you may not be in America and that's totally okay. But if you are, you may know that Donald Trump is the, is the, actual, is the president right now in America, the um, Honorable President Donald Trump and running against him is Biden, Joe Biden. And both of these both of these people have their faults, but but today we're not really talking about the individual people. We're just going to talk about just just how their their campaigns are and, and what they support and what the differences are. So to start us out, we're going to be talking about the DNC. Um, and Rena, what what did you think of the DNC? Um, just by watching even just a little bit of it, what did you think of it? Um. I think just for me personally, it was like pretty easy to watch, like especially the opening was very like attention grabbing. Um, and it just seemed like a huge value of the DNC this time around was they were really focusing on unity. And I really did appreciate their use of just kind of like entertainment in politics of trying to catch people's attention and grab it. Definitely. I also saw um, just kind of the different things that they really were focusing on. Um, the things that I saw was they're really driven by um, just this, this want for reform and justice. Um, and I think that just is a great thing to, you know, be driven by, to be able to, you know, say that they want something good in a way for the American people. And I really liked the fact that they also brought in some people who were just everyday people because as this podcast goes over we um we go over the bit of of average citizens and that's what this whole thing is about so for me i thought it was really interesting how they brought in those four small business owners at the beginning and they were talking and they and they just told about their stories and that was really interesting for me what did you get off of that first little bit like what did you think about it um, I definitely saw, um, they were saying like diversity was a huge value of theirs and I definitely saw um, ethnic um, diversity and also just um, like gender diversity too. Um, so even if there's not like things that I necessarily agree with, I did see this time around they were trying to match some of their goals and that was like reflected in some of the people that they had on during their events. Yeah, definitely. I also saw that. I was really impressed how they were really a very diverse group of people and uh, definitely diverse in their politics as well. I feel like, um, you know, both sides are very much so different and um, both sides, you know, there's there's a lot of differing, differing opinions on both the, de the, the Republican side and the Democrat side, but also I do, I do love the fact that they did have a very diverse group of people who were talking for them. Is there really anything else that you saw um, and you liked about just the different themes or the main points that they had or they discussed or really anything about the DNC? Um, I really feel like they were definitely focusing on reform. I feel like they put a lot of effort into proving why they weren't the other political extreme. And so that did lead to a lot of focus on just kind of like chaos and disunity. And I feel like they were trying to use that as a foundation to push for 
unity and reform that they wanted, but it did seem um, like a lot of focus on chaos and just trying to make their case by tearing down the other side. Yeah, there was definitely, um, I mean, there was some good things I saw in the DNC, but as you were saying, there was a few things that were just kind of um, not necessarily the best. Um, both sides had their faults, and I think the DNC definitely had some things that it, it was it was kind of a little bit questionable, like, you know, why would you add this or or why would you say this? Um, and it, but overall, I did I did like the fact that they did try to um, show that they, they did have a diverse group of not necessarily people of um, a, a diverse group of both people, but also of of uh, areas and stances of life and different people. Yes. Um, anything else that you saw about the DNC that you really liked? Um, I feel like there were a lot of people that looked, a lot of the speakers on the DNC that just seemed very put together and distinguished. Um, maybe some speakers that aren't like that way all of the time or most of the time. And so to me, that was very impressive that um, for the most part, almost all of the speakers that were present all four nights um, were very, it seems like prepared and rehearsed um, and ready to just take what they were saying seriously. Definitely. And I feel like even with the small amount of time each speaker had, they definitely used it wisely. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't watch personally, I didn't watch the whole thing um, of either the DNC or the RNC, but of what I did watch and what I did um, hear, it was, it was very well put together in the overall, and even just everything, because I, I do know that they did everything um, virtually, even though they did everything virtually, it was very well put together. And from what I heard, there was very, very few faults um, and very few technical issues when it came to um, all of the stuff that they were doing virtually. So that, that really impresses me because it's never been done before and it's never been all online before. So mm -hmm. having that, that new experience of everything being online definitely was very interesting and it was very well executed um, even though it's the first time. I think they did a really good job at putting everything together. Their graphics were great. Their, it was very entertaining, as you said, um, and it was very put together. So anything else you have before we move on to the RNC? Um, I don't think so, but I would definitely agree with you that um, just the way that it was executed didn't really seem like it had been the first time that this had been done, um, especially for the DNC that aired first. It was very well done, and it seems like there were, if there were any hiccups, it didn't really seem like there were any. Yeah, definitely. So even though this was a kind of a, we just briefly talked about this, I, I don't want to go over too much of the DNC or just the RNC individually because I want to just, um, um, compare them, but basically that was our, our brief talking about the DNC. Um, another thing I want to highlight before we move on is the DNC and their different um, the different nights. So their first night was, um, their theme was We the People, which is also very interesting because, you know, as this episode, as this podcast is, it's about the average citizens, not just of America, but of the world as well. Um, and so that was really interesting how they had that as their title or as our theme for the first night. The second night was called Leadership Matters. I definitely agree with Leadership Mattering. I don't know exactly how they, um, they, the whole, the, their whole thing and their whole, all that they talk about under that, but I definitely agree with the sentence uh, or the statement that Leadership Matters. Um, and so that theme is really interesting um, to put into that, into uh, 
the DNC because it is something that needs to be discussed. And I think that was really interesting that they put that there. Uh, the third night was a more perfect union. And then the fourth night was America's Promise. Again, I want to say that I didn't watch all of the, all, all of the nights um, completely, but I did get a little brief introduction. We're going to talk about the RNC. So before we go over the RNC, I just want to lay out the um, days like I did for the last one. The first day for the RNC was a land of promise. The second day for the, uh, the second day was land of opportunity. The third night or the third day was land of heroes. And the fourth was land of greatness. Definitely a theme going throughout there. A lot of positivity without with through those just through the names you can definitely see that everything really co aligns with their ideas and with their days because it's all in this very positive and hopeful outlook how do you think about what do you what do you think about this yeah i would definitely agree with you there seems to be like um a focus on like positivity and strength and there was i feel like that was reflected in the speakers and their attitude also they just were very strong and very well spoken and a lot of people that spoke just even though they were ethnically diverse and also in gender there were a lot of women too um, they just seemed to be very optimistic and they did acknowledge that there was pain and brokenness but there was a lot of focus on a hopeful future i also um saw that some of the speeches that i watched from the rnc were very focused on not only not only hopeful um like hope but also on stories of people and how they come from a dark place and then became um and were able to go into a positive place or or a good place because of what um Trump had done, which is the candidate for the Republican side is Trump and the candidate for the uh, Democrat, Democrat side is Biden, as I already said, but you know, just to make sure you guys all knew that already or know that. The next uh, the thing that I also saw when watching this was they're also, they also had a huge, um, huge focus on just everyday average citizens. And that was something that I, I really appreciated, as I said before, because this this uh, this podcast is about average people average citizens um and what the rnc really focused on was average people it it, it had so many different um so many different people come tell their stories their own speeches and had their own time to share and i thought that was amazing so what did you think about just the the people who spoke at the rnc um, I thought that there was absolutely a lot of, just like you were saying, a good representation of a lot of who the American people are. So there were a lot of um, speakers that had been, their families had been in the United States for generations, but there were also a lot of especially strong women who were just very proud of the sacrifice that their parents had made for them to live in this nation um, and really not letting that privilege of just living in the United States go unrecognized or uncelebrated. And I think the speech that really sticks out to me the most, um, I forgot his name and what his title was, but there was a really young, strong um, black man who was just speaking about how he was frustrated that he had been 
placed into like a generalized group. Um, but he really wanted to celebrate diversity of thought. And so I would absolutely agree with you, Ruth, that the speakers for the RNC really did reflect um, different areas of American life and people. Yeah, definitely. And that was um, something that both the RNC and the DNC really shared was that the diversity in both um, people from different groups and from people in general, that, that very diverse atmosphere. And I think um, it was really interesting to be able to see that. And it's, it's very um, amazing to see that there was a diverse group of people because in life, there's always going to be a diverse group of people. And I really liked that that was, that was represented at both the RNC and the DNC. Mm -hmm. Something else that I saw, I don't know about what, if you saw it, but I, I really did um, just a very compassionate and, um, and as we were saying before, hopeful presence. They, most of their topics had to do with stories of people coming from a hard place and going into a good place, people coming from other countries and then coming into America. It was a very, um, it was a lot of stories about how people had grown, how people had um, created themselves in America. And, and I really loved that because um, average citizens, that's, that's what you have to do when you are, you, when you don't have the, uh, the presence of somebody who is an elite. You have to, you have to make sacrifices and you have to um, spend a lot, of, a lot of time and effort into becoming the person that you are, becoming um, great in, the, in, in, any, in any area. And I thought that was really amazing how a lot of the stories were like that. Yeah. I also saw um, something that was different from the DNC was the RNC did recognize and acknowledge just some of the hurt and brokenness that's been happening, um, especially in the last year. But there was so much more of an emphasis on the things that went well the last four years. And I feel like that's so important to just recognize and acknowledge that even though things are broken and that's frustrating, there's still things to be hopeful for because there has been progress in the last four years. Definitely. And I really liked that um, even though they weren't as visually based as the DNC and didn't have as much of a entertaining and um, the everything that the the DNC had, the showmanship the DNC had, they definitely had their own bit of charm being, um, mm -hmm. everybody was in person for the RNC compared to everybody in, 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 on, you know, virtual and the DNC, which was really interesting because they were, uh, basically opposites all mine and one was not. So it was definitely both of them had their own charms, even though the RNC wasn't necessarily, uh, as visually based and as visually, um, is visually concerned as the DNC was, it still was, it was still was very interesting. As we said before, you know, the DNC was very interesting. They had a lot of different shows and different things that were going very, really, really nice because you didn't, we haven't really seen that before in, in these conventions and these political conventions, but I really loved that as well. Um, even just the simplicity that the RNC had was very nice. So with that, I think we're going to move on to comparing both of these, and we are going to just talk about the differences, but also the similarities between the DNC and the RNC. And then after that, we're going to share a little bit about our opinions on what we thought about both of them and just the differences and how either we liked them or we didn't like them. 
we're just going to go over some main points uh, and, and we're going to talk about like the differences we saw. So the first one is the difference in values. What did you see in the difference in values? Um, I absolutely remember from the DNC, it seemed like unity was one of their values. Um, equality for a lot of the people that I feel like that the Democratic representatives have recognized um, need a little bit of assistance right now, a little bit more than they have been receiving in the past. And I feel like the RNC also was recognizing that things need to change. But something that the RNC did that caught my attention was definitely mentioning other groups that still need assistance and attention um, and really just justice that haven't really gotten a lot of time in the media lately, just because there have been other issues that have been more forthright. And so I, for me personally, that was pretty important that even though we are focusing more on other people groups that just might need some more attention and more help, that those other groups that used to get a lot of screen time for news and media haven't been forgotten. And I feel like for the DNC also, they were really focusing on just increasing wealth for, you know, average people that might need some more economic assistance. But something that kind of made me kind of like scratch my head a little bit was that the DNC had a lot of speakers and supporters that they themselves were pretty um, just like financially wealthy. And so to me, that was a little confusing. Yeah, definitely. I, I um, also noticed that. I noticed um, one thing that I noticed really stood out to me was the uh, presence of celebrities at the DNC. And I don't want to really hate on either side necessarily, but this really kind of shocked me because um, I feel like somebody who really wants the people should really show more average people and average citizens, especially since this podcast, you know, we center around average citizens. And when I don't really like to hate on necessarily either side of the, of, of the fence, either the DNC or the RNC, but one thing that I, I noticed on the DNC was the, the presence of the celebrities. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't dislike celebrities, but I want when I think of, a convention that is trying to find, you know, it is, it wants people and average people to support it. I would think that they would show more of a presence of average citizens. Um, and, and, and because this podcast is about average citizens, I, I really take um, a little bit of a, not, not necessarily an offense, but I definitely take a little bit of a, a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's an offense because I'm, I'm like, you know, your majority of the people um, in this country are average, you know, 1% of them are the celebrities. And, and, and yes, I did um, see the entertaining aspect that it brought to the, the DNC, but overall, I feel like it made the DNC into a show and into uh, more of a show off. And I was, I, I, overall, I was just kind of a little bit disappointed with that because I was like, when you're trying to get average people to support you, you want to you want to bring in average citizens. You want average citizens to be your main focus because overall your 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 political you know your political campaign campaigns 
your laws, your policies are going to affect average people. And you want average people to be on your side because then the majority, the, the majority of average people will also follow in that. Um, and so with that, I um, looked up, you know, just who were at, who was at the DNC, what uh, celebrities were at the DNC. And I found this article by Billboard. It says, here's who's performing at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, so it says, the beginning says, Billie Eilish, Leon Brid Bridges, sorry if I say these wrong, The Chicks, Common, John Legend, and Billy Porter are just a few of the A-listers who will perform during next week's Democratic National Convention in Milwaukee. Uh, I, I, for me, I wasn't too interested in seeing celebrities be a big part of, of the DNC, just because I don't think it necessarily respects um, the average people. It honestly doesn't respect, but it just doesn't, it doesn't highlight the goodness that comes from people who, who have to, um, or any, you know, it, it just doesn't support, mainly what I'm trying to say, it doesn't support the average people for the average citizens. What was your thought on the presence of celebrities and A-listers and elite and elitists in at the DNC? Okay, let's stop for a second. Let's take a little bit of interlude, a break, something, you know, just to give you guys the time. Pause the episode, get some water, get a snack, move around, stretch a little bit, make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you're in a groove and you're like, hey, I'm one, I'm gonna do this in one sitting. If you're like, I am here, I'm prepared, I'm gonna go through it, I encourage you, you do you. But just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're watching out for yourself. Let's go. Let's get back into this. I mean, I definitely want to think that the people that scheduled these performers and speakers, like their hearts and minds were in the right place. But it really does kind of make me question if it was just kind of used as a filler or just to get people's attention. And I just... I'm sure that there are a lot of celebrities that aren't very active and informed when it comes to politics, but celebrities aren't necessarily, like a lot of artists of various kinds, aren't usually the first people that I think of when going to educate myself on different political theories and opinions. So it did kind of seem like it was out of character and almost kind of like crossing boundaries between what the purpose of this particular broadcast was. Definitely. I think it kind of doesn't, um, it just makes it seem like a show. It makes it seem like a performance. Not, Absolutely. I, it kind of disappointed me. I'm like, hey, you know, we were here for a, you know, something that it's, it's a political conference, a convention. Like it's supposed to be political. It's not supposed to have singers and celebrities telling us, you know, being, you know, and that's one thing that I realized, um, and I saw that when we really came into this kind of time of crisis with the whole COVID-19, celebrities became irrelevant to society. And it was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. I'm, I'm going to admit this. It was kind of funny because celebrities had so much so taken over how we thought, like they were the ones who you would go to to find, you know, who likes who or, or what, what, you know, what political person to, um, enforce because they so much so put their opinion into our life and, and they, and they say, they shove it in our face and they're like, well, you have to support this one, this person, because I do. And it was really funny when it came back at their face and in, in this time of kind of like a, a crisis, 
Um, and everyone's like, no, you need to stop. You need to shut up because we don't need your opinions right now. You're not a medical professional. You're not somebody, you live in these giant mansions. You live in these giant houses. Um, and, and you're telling us we're all in this together. Like, no, we're not. Because obviously you guys don't, you don't get it. You know, some people are over here, you know, I'm going off a little bit off the topic, but overall, they didn't, they didn't get it at the beginning of this. And that's why a lot of people were like, we're done with you. That's why um, a, a lot of celebrities and basically celebrities were out of the picture for a long period of time because people realized that celebrities aren't, you know, you can't really relate with celebrities. They don't, they don't live in the life that we live in. They have money to go wherever the world they want to. So if something goes wrong, they're, they can they can just get up and leave. Whereas people like us, we have to deal with the consequences and actions of people in office or people who are being elected. Like we have to deal with it. So it's just very interesting to just see that celebrities will be part of this discussion and celebrities will be people who are uh, who are in the political circles because overall celebrities don't really get um, affected by much of this stuff, even though they say that, oh, oh, this and this and this, and I got affected by this. It's like, no, because they have money and wealth and, and the ability to get up and leave if everything goes south. What are your, um, and yeah, I, I would, we kind of gone over that a little bit, a, a little bit much, but overall, like with, with that, do you have any last thoughts before we move on just from that, the celebrity topic? Yeah, I was absolutely going to agree with you that, um, you know, celebrities are people, so their lives do have value, and I feel like their experiences also have value, but it's like, I feel like their role in society primarily, like their views are important, but primarily it is for entertainment, like that's their job, is to just be a part of society by just kind of creating a distraction, and I do think that their input is important, but just having such a heavy emphasis and place for such a large political event, it did seem kind of unnecessary because while their experience is, it has value because they're human, yeah. um, it, their experience is unique, you know, like, yeah. like you were saying, it's very difficult to relate to. So I feel like if you were you know, going out of your way to find their opinion on these certain issues, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but using their presence and their influence for things other than entertainment, it does seem kind of unnecessary and not really um, vital for average people. Yeah, and I think definitely what um, they were saying at the DNC is they really, they're, they, they want to look to science and they want to look to professionals for opinions about COVID-19 and other things. And I was just thinking, okay, but you, you say that, but you're also saying that, you know, you're also letting celebrities have an opinion or, or, or share their opinion on such a big political platform like the DNC is and was, um, even though they're not anywhere, um, they're not at all, um, educated or informed enough to actually be a, a person who should be talking about things like this. So it was, it was really interesting 
how they say that they really, they really do, um, they really do want to look to professionals and scientists and all that for, for opinions on what to do, but they're having celebrities come in and talk about things that they really shouldn't be because they're not informed enough or educated enough to really be, to really actually be talking about this stuff. Like you can have an opinion on that. You know, nobody's saying anywhere you can't have an opinion on it, but to say that we, we should all just like bow to your every whim because you're a celebrity is just ridiculous. So with that, um, we're going to move on just because we talked a little bit much about um, celebrities. It is an important topic just to talk about, but overall, not that, not the whole um, topic of this episode. So what were some other things that you saw in the RNC or in the DNC that you, that you either thought were similar or that you liked on either side of the fence? Um, I definitely saw, you know, I feel like a really good point of agreement for both parties is people just want to stop hurting. Like, we just all want everybody to be at peace and be happy. And so I feel like the difference is just how do we get there? And so I saw the RNC, it seemed like to me, and I may be a little bit biased, but it seemed like to me, they were much more organized in courses of action when it came to looking at all of the issues of brokenness that are still present and need to be dealt with politically. Um, rather than just putting a heavy emphasis on one or two issues that have been very prevalent um, and just kind of forgetting about the rest of them. And then those things run the risk of, you know, getting out of control at a later time. That doesn't help. And I did see the DNC had a lot of focus on um, racial just brokenness in our society, um, concerns with law enforcement and I personally um, don't agree with the statements that the law enforcement needs to be, they really need to have their budget changed, um, but that seemed to be a very heavy value for the DNC. Um, and also just money in general, just um, where it's taken from, where it goes. And that was you know, there's been in the Democratic Party for as long as I can remember, healthcare has always been a concern. And so there was a lot of conversations about healthcare, especially with current issues going on throughout this last year, um, that just access to healthcare has been very important. Um, and so to me, I really appreciated that they were looking for things that appeared to be equality but it was kind of concerning with some of the laws and policies that the DNC was suggesting to put in place to get there. I don't think it's going to exactly have the result that they want. Definitely. There was a lot of things that, like you said, um, that they talked about in reference to that, you know. And I, I liked how you said, um, you talked about the diversity that they really, um, they talked a lot about that and the equality they talked a lot about. One thing that I noticed um, on the DNC was the fact that um, 
they were very focused upon race. And I, I didn't have any problem with um, being focused upon race at all. I think, you know, you know, everybody, um, it's, you know, everybody should be represented. But the fact that they were very, very focused on race and how it always had to be a part of the conversation, like this person is this race or this person is this race. And I don't think that that really should be so focused upon because um, I think that once you start focusing that much um, on race, you start to, or ethnicity, you start to become, you start to implant these things to some people, you know, they, they, people can, you know, start to get that racist opinion um, and stuff like that when you so much so focus in, in my girl, you know, those like little like um, things that ever like, oh, this person is this race or this person is this race. It's just like um, at the beginning on the first day of the DNC, they said the lady who was talking, she said, well, I am a ninth generation Texan. And I, I just kind of stumbled, I just kind of pondered at that, and I don't want to be too um, biased, but of course I'm human, so I'm going to be a little bit biased. Um, but I was just, I, 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 for a second there, I was like, why do we need to know that you're a ninth generation Texan? I know that the, Dem the Democrat Party really loves immigration, and I'm like, um, and, and so does the Republican Party. Both parties love immigration. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that they're really focused on immigration. But for the DNC, the, the, D the Democrats really being focused on, on immigration, why do we need to know that the person who is, um, had, is having a big presence um, in the DNC is a ninth generation Texan and has been here for decades? And, um, and, and, and her family has been here for a long time. Like, it just kind of puzzled me why they would say that. It's like, okay, you're a ninth generation Texan. Like, you're a proud Texan. Great, we know that. But, like, does it really have to be something that you need to say? Is it something we have to focus upon? Like, that was just kind of things. Or or things um, Kamala's ha I'm very sorry. Kamala Harris said that. She said, in my Indian mother. And I'm like, your mother's in Indian. Okay. But is, like, why do we have to focus upon that? Why did that have to be said? couldn't you have just said your mother because she is just your mother like i wouldn't say that like my, my white mother i wouldn't say that like it just doesn't make sense it's like why do we need to focus upon your race like i don't you could be purple for all i care like that's not why i'm watching a convention i'm gonna be watching a convention because i want to hear what your ideas are i want to hear what your values are your goals and or in how you're going to benefit the american people how you're gonna benefit the average citizen? That's what I want to hear when I watch your convention. I don't want to hear about your. I don't want to hear that you're this or that. Like overall, to me, yes, I appreciate. I, 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 I um, in my opinion, all lives matter. I don't care if you're purple, you're green, or you're blue. Which you know, I'd be kind of concerned if you're purple or green or blue. But that's not. <laughs> I mean, overall, your ethnicity. It. it it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that you're necessarily colorblind to that, but it shouldn't be something that you're so, so concerned about. Like, you know, having equality should be that I see somebody and I don't immediately think something about them because of their skin tone. Having equality should be that I see something, see someone, I, I talk to them, I get to know them and, and okay, okay, they're, they're white, they're black, they're purple, whatever. If they have the abilities, the credibilities, uh, the credentials, right, sorry, the credentials, the credits, or whatever to be 
um, in a position, like if I'm hiring somebody to be in a position that I need them, like if they can fill a position, I don't care what color they are. I don't care their ethnicity. If they can fill it, they're good for the job. I'm going to hire them. But that overall, them being so focused on race, just kind of, it, it was just, it was just like, why, why do we need to be focused on this? It's not really something that needs to drive us in life is being focused primarily on what color somebody is. And I think that that, that mindset of, oh, oh, that person is this color, that person is closer, this color, just kind of, it, it really doesn't build anything. And um, I feel like people who have that, have that mindset, just become resentful to certain people. They start associating that person and that color of skin with something that's, you know, it could be bad, good, whatever. And overall, I just think it's, it, was, it drove, it drove a bit of it. It drove a little bit of the DNC. It's just a, a bit too much. And that kind of um, irritated me a little bit. Cause I was like, I don't care if you're not a generation Texan. Like, I just want to hear about your, your, your values, your, your standards. That was mainly like my reason for watching this. But overall, that was, that was what I, that was my main thing for that. What did you think on that? Um, what did you think on the, the whole thing being driven by race? I know it wasn't all driven by race, but a little bit of that everything was all on that conversation. They, they had a lot on the, on the conversation of race and the conversation of, of diversity. I absolutely agree with you that just kind of like, I definitely think that, you know, race and ethnicity are a part of people and a part of people's identity. But I feel like when it starts to become the defining factor, um, especially when people are speaking in a political environment and for political purposes, I feel like then it is almost more tempting to associate somebody's race or ethnicity with the value or volume that their voice is awarded. And I honestly feel like this is all of what we've kind of agreed that we want to destroy. We want to not be colorblind because we want to recognize um, maybe some of the unique perspective that somebody may have had or a different experience based on um, the culture or race or ethnicity that's different from maybe the majority or other people around them or people that they could be speaking to. But I feel like when it starts to become one of the main things that we look for in each other, it's a lot easier to be racist. And I don't mean racist as in like discriminatory, but I feel like when we're looking for others' race and ethnicity in ourselves or each other as the main part of our identity or one of the most important parts, then it really makes us generalize and just associate that, I feel like, negatively. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It does, it does make us generalize, and it's, it, it, it does not bring happy endings when we generalize in any aspect of life. Another thing, I, the thing that I really did love, though, um, in the DNC and the RNC, I think they both really, um, comparing the both, they, they really had this, um, they had this presence of, but the diversity, I loved the diversity. As we said before, I love the diversity that both of the sides had, not only of just um, race or, you know, ethnicity, but also of like women. There were so many women at the RNC. I loved that. Yes. 
strong presence of strong women. Like uh, both of us being women, I thought that was, uh, you know, they had them like, yes, you know, that's great to have that strong presence of, of women there. And I really loved that. Um, I also noticed that the DNC as well had that. They had that strong presence of women, and that was amazing as well. So being able to have not only the diversity in ethnicity, but also the diversity in both, um, you know, men and women, and, and the gender and, and gender. Um, something, you know, moving on from that. What do you think in in, in comparing? Like, what do you, what do you think about the people who spoke at the event? I feel like. A lot of them at the RNC seemed like they had a lot of political experience. So maybe if they haven't worked in necessarily political office, they work in a department that is primarily federally funded. So a lot of um, like serving in different branches of military or just working very close with politicians, but like you were kind of saying before, there were a lot of like average people, like relatable, hardworking American citizens that came from various backgrounds. And I feel like at the DNC, there were also hardworking people, but I feel like there was much more diversity in the sense of, there weren't a lot of people that were primarily politicians. Yeah. I love that about the RNC, how they had a, um, not only also a strong presence of people who were average citizens absolutely amazing love that because average citizens as i said um multiple times in this episode are people who make us you know they are important average citizens and you know i haven't necessarily said this but average citizens are very 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 important in society they make up basically the whole entire society except for that small percent of politicians and celebrities um, but, and people who are more on the elite side, um, but average people, they, and I think that this was one of the characteristics that the DNC did not focus a lot on, um, but the RNC did, is, is the RNC had multiple, multiple people, um, who were average people, farmers, um, businessmen, you know, businesswomen, people who who weren't just politicians and i think that's kind of where the gnc was lacking is they did lack in that little and they did a lack in the like they had um on the first night I, I did watch where they had those those four um private business uh private business owners and talk but they were overall uh, what i saw they were very lacking in people who were average and every day and i think that's if you were going to run a campaign if you're going to have a convention if you're going to have anything that's really politically based you really have to have that presence of that very strong presence of average citizens and average everyday people because average citizens make up the primarily primarily almost all of society except for the, the as i said before the small percentage of um people who are on the higher art the the higher um like you know higher positions of society so i think that was really just i, I loved that because it, it really just showed um a lot of the dnc's values throughout how many uh are, not very sorry not the dnc the rnc's values I, at how many average people they had there. And I was so impressed because I, I love the fact that you, that they had that because this episode, this, this, um, as I, as I have said so many times in this, in my, um, 
on my podcast, average people absolutely are important and, and more people should be talking about that. And I think that was, um, as much as I don't want to be too biased, it definitely was not a presence in the DNC. I definitely was so let, I was like, I was like, why, you know, why didn't you have more? And that was kind of why it made me upset with all of the celebrities that they had at the DNC. That's why it made me that, like, it made me offended that they had so many celebrities and not so many everyday average people speaking. I'm like, yes, they had, I'm, I'm not going to say that they didn't have any average people speaking because they did. They definitely did. They were there. I, I saw um, some of the speeches that happened, but it wasn't as big as the, as the RNC's presence of average citizens, um, which was just disappointing because it was like, as I said so much, so much, um, average people are important and they should be talked about. And I think that just goes to show you that the DNC, it, sorry, sorry, the DNC doesn't, they're, their values aren't necessarily very much based on the average human being, and they weren't really concerned about the average person being present at their at their convention, which really disappointed me. And I was very um, heartstruck by that because this this the purpose and the goal of this um, of this podcast is to represent and to show politics from a perspective of an average citizen. So overall, that, that was one thing that kind of, um, that I just didn't really love um, about the DNC, but I did love about the RNC is that they had that presence of average citizen. What did you, um, and, and I, what did you necessarily think of just the presence of people? Um, and I know you talked a little bit more this, about this, but like, uh, just to sum it up uh, of that, that discussion of, you know, average people, what, what any less thoughts on just, the, the differences in, in people, um, in speakers that spoke at both events. Well, I would definitely agree with you that um, average people do make up the overwhelming majority of people that policies that, you know, Congress is going to put in place, like, are going to affect and have to live with. And so, and I was just thinking, I don't know why this didn't occur to me before, but typically the Democratic Party has been, it's been a value of theirs to increase taxes for a lot of wealthy people. Um, and they also seem to have a lot of like influence through the celebrities that, for example, appeared at their convention. And I was just, it was so confusing to me because they do like preach and push for the elite to, you know, kind of have the price to pay in society to take care of the rest of society. But it was just occurring to me that a lot of the people that are calling for this change are the elite. And they can, out of the graciousness of their own hearts and generosity, if they want more government funding, they can absolutely um, just donate to wherever they want their own money to go, rather than just requiring it in law or policy. But I would absolutely agree with you that it's just so vital and important, I feel like, for you know, diversity of opinion, but also if everybody's not going to be able to have their way, just the point of view 
that is going to have the heavy emphasis naturally should be the people that are the majority like overwhelming majority of society definitely um just to highlight some people who were there just um so people know um who exactly we're talking about when we say the average people um just to highlight a few from the rnc we had um Dan White, um, who is nowhere in um, the political world um, at all. He's actually a wrestling, um, he's a, he's a wrestling champ champion. So he's, he's a, the president of the ultimate fighting championship. So that was interesting. He's, I, I wouldn't, he's not, um, definitely more on, on the average side because he's not a celebrity. He's not really well known person. Um, another person who, um, who really actually, Really, I was like very surprised. I wasn't surprised, but um, definitely as somebody who was not in the political world, who's definitely more of an average person. Um, Frank, Franklin Graham was there. Um, and then we had a sister, uh, which is sister, uh, where's our sister, um, I'm probably saying her name wrong, but Dede, Dede Brian. Um, she's not, she's more of an average, she's an average citizen. Just, and there's of course multiple other people who were there who are average people but these it's just really interesting the and the different people that they had from the different areas in life you know you've, you've got a nun you've got a you've got a wrestling championship a champion you've, you've got a a a a preacher, you know, just, just different people from different walks of life, which is really interesting, very diverse uh, group of people. So next thing I want to go over, um, next thing I want to really compare was um, the difference in policies and laws. What did you think about the policies and laws that you, you heard in, in their, in their, both the conventions? I think to me what stood out the most was, um, and this could just be my own bias, but the RNC seemed to just kind of approach issues as a group. So not really trying to pin a lot of, I'm sure they did pin specific issues on specific people, but um, they just approached areas of growth in light of you know policies and laws that could be developed and put into action as like these are things that we as a nation can just work together and try to improve and something that i saw at the dnc was they also had a lot of concerns um, for social and economic reform but it was a lot of kind of shifting the blame for things that they felt like had gone wrong but just kind of like penalizing specific groups of people that could either be large or small, but there wasn't really, they were preaching for unity as we the people, but there was definitely a disconnect when it came to implementing policies and laws that they had ideas for about just kind of taking power or funding away from specific groups of people. And to me, that doesn't really seem like unity and that also could just be me. But just examples like taxing the rich or defunding the police, like those are two very specific groups of people. Um, and I feel like the RNC um, really just focused on levels of improvement where everybody would contribute, but it's not really giving anyone on purpose the short end of the stick, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I also saw a lot of that. I don't um, necessarily be too biased, but of course, as I said before, I'm a human, so I'm going to be biased um, because I have opinions. But one thing that I, I saw, as as you were saying, I, I saw as well on um, in a big difference, it was a big gap, definitely big gap between the DNC and the RNC was the RNC was focused on positivity and hope and really just brought people up when you watched it. You 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 didn't feel like you were dying. You didn't feel yeah. like you were in a terrible country, which is absolutely falling apart. You didn't feel like you were in a trash heap. Whereas the DNC, the DNC really, in, in, in it, it didn't shock me necessarily, but the DNC was focused on, I wouldn't say hate and discontent, but they were focused on how everything was wrong. The The world wasn't as good as it should be. You know, the, the country is not as good as it should be. You know, we can, you know, and it wasn't even just, we can improve this. It was, we need to, we need to change this. Um, and we need to change this because it is bad and it is terrible. Um, and, and it was just, it was kind of what you would see from a child. I mean, I really don't you know necessarily want to compare that to them, but you know, Overall, what I saw with that was, it was really what you see with a child. It was, you see this ungrateful stance of everything's terrible because I can't have this, or everything's terrible because I can't have this kind of perspective. And I was like, are you five? Are you, okay? Like, let's be honest here. The world isn't just, you know, you know there's always, you, you can always find beauty in darkness you know like the night sky the night sky is absolutely so dark but, but when it is the darkest you can see stars and you can see the moon um and so you can find beauty in darkness um mm -hmm. but they weren't trying to find beauty in darkness and yeah i'm, I'm not trying to be not biased but for now for in, in this moment right now i'm going to be biased and i'm going to say that they didn't try to find beauty in any of the darkness they said that it was mm -hmm. all done. and we're like let's let's throw it away let's start over and I'm like, that's not really how we say that we love our country. Uh, because I know that a lot of it, the theme was definitely, you know, centered around the constitution, you know, that we, the people, you know, that was like um, the, the, the beginning of independence, the declaration of independence, we the people of the United States of America. So, you know, I saw that they had that presence of we love our country, but it was also not really there. It was there, but it wasn't. And there was there, but it wasn't. It was kind of also, um, I don't think it was really focused on enough. I think it was a lot of what we saw in the DNC was kind of, it was kind of, um, you didn't feel uplifted. You just felt downtrodden. You felt like you, you weren't doing enough. You felt you, like you were guilty for something bad that happened. And so mm -hmm. that, that kind of, that, that just didn't lead for a very good, um, you know, overall premise of the whole thing. And I'm, I'm kind of, yes, there was, there is definitely good parts in the DNC and there's definitely, um, you know, bad and good parts in the RNC, but that was one thing that I was kind of, um, I wasn't necessarily shocked, but I was kind of just sad that they would take that response that everything is, is terrible. And that we have to, um, we have to change everything. We have to make it all, you know, we have to tear it down and then build it up again as something really uh, absolutely different. And so that was something that I, I, I was just kind of like, you know, why are you not trying to find good in these situations? Why are you only trying to find bad? So that's my little bit of a being very opinionated uh, because, you know, trying to be not so opinionated, but of course I'm going to be, I'm human. Like, let's be honest here. The next thing, uh, and the last 
thing that I really want to compare with you and want to get your thoughts on is the plans for the future in the country. Like, what did you think about both the DNC and the RNC's plans for the country overall? I would definitely agree, like you. Um, I can be pretty biased because I'm a human. <laughs> but just well, after kind of watching both of, you know, the four-day-long broadcast, um, there definitely was a tone difference. And so for me personally, I feel like the RNC had a very hopeful outlook. And so I feel like their plans for our future and country are actually, you know, they desire to tackle some of the issues that are really bothersome right now. But also I feel like acting preemptively to prevent other issues because we are still going to be in unprecedented times um, just with everything that's happened this year. Um, things are very unpredictable. And I feel like they just had this attitude of like personal responsibility to just be prepared for the future and just try to make the country a very strong and stable place for not only the people living here, but for um, just so we can like open up our borders to immigrants and refugees again, like to just welcome other people in and just so we can be generous with our finances again. Um, I feel like the DNC also, you know, wants to be generous to people, but they did seem like they wanted to shift the blame to everyone else. And it just, it kind of felt like they're feeding entitlement. So like everybody should be able to be, you know, happy and at peace and not worried for the future, which I honestly don't think that right now on this earth, any of us are gonna be happy and 100% at peace. But it's just, to me, it was making me kind of question that, you know, even though I'm sure they have good intentions, I'm sure their hearts are for people, I'm just not certain that their plan for the future or the country is necessarily going to be the best course of action for, you know, like an optimistic, growing, maturing society, because I definitely think a sign of maturity is to be able to acknowledge hurt and brokenness, but be able to take personal responsibility and just keep moving. And so I feel like a sign of immaturity is to just kind of dwell in the negativity and make it everybody else's problem. So for me, that was just my personal view on the different plans for the future and the country. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with that. I think that it is a form of immaturity, as you said, to only, you know, to look at mainly, you know, to focus only on um, the bad in life because, and ultimately, I don't think it comes with, you, you, don't, you don't get happy people out of, uh, out of, out of just looking at the bad in life and um, the negative in life. So that it was, you know, that overall, that, that was just very kind of, um, sad and disappointing that they took that stance that it was all only bad and they didn't really highlight any of the good that has happened um, in these last few months or any of the good that has happened in the years um, that Trump has been president. And I think that was another thing that I saw, um, just a quick, um, I'm going to be biased here. I'm going to be biased, guys. Let's, okay, we can't, we can't, I'm, I'm, it's going to happen. But uh, one thing that I noticed definitely was 
their their want to criticize Trump in everything um, and them saying that he did nothing, he's done nothing, he's not helped anybody, he's made life worse, he's the cause for every bit of, um, of you know, unemployment that there is um, and, and all of that. And I think it's just kind of like, um, it comes, goes along with a little bit of immaturity. It's like, are you teenagers because you sure are acting like it? It's like, why are you trying to get down everybody like why are you why are you pulling pulling him down like that and I think you should really like you may disagree with his opinions you may disagree with his um stance in life but don't be like a teenager and be like a bully and say well he did nothing and he's a terrible person like no and don't blame everything on him because first of all with all of the unemployment that has happened recently and we know that the as I have said, um, uh, as I did say in my other, in one of my other episodes, the one about mental illness and coronavirus, if you guys want to go listen to that, definitely encourage listening to those um, episodes as well. But uh, what I said in that episode was I, um, I talked about the unemployment rate that happened because of coronavirus. And that was not um, in any effect Trump's um, doing, you know, it wasn't his doing to create, to have coronavirus. Um, and so the unemployment was very high. The stocks were very high. Um, the, the economy before coronavirus was very high. It was at a peak. Um, but then when coronavirus came, it, it shot down significantly. And it's, it's not his fault because you do have state governments, you do have area governments, you have mayors, you have governors, you have senators. Um, and I think the fact that people are trying to blame, blame the whole issue on Trump is absolutely ridiculous because we know that he has been um, trying his hardest in a hard time and under so much pressure to make things right and to make people um, be able to be safe uh, and be able to get out of this and be able to bring America back even stronger, but them just keep on beating up on him was just kind of, I was like, why? Like, like, let's not be children. Let's, let's, let's not beat up on somebody's characters, you know, let's not do, um, let's, let's be civilized and let's, you know, talk about it and reason about it and not just, you know, full on, like, you're a terrible person because you you may or may not have done this, but overall, that was what I thought. I just thought it was kind of ridiculous of how um, they blamed everything that has happened recently on Trump when he's really been trying to help um, everybody. And we saw that by um, the checks that he sent out to the people who um, couldn't get by in those first few months, who didn't have the money because they didn't have a job um, or they weren't working. We saw that by that. We saw it by what he's tried to do to get the country opened back up again. Um, and all the different stuff that has happened during um, during this time. So ultimately, there was some. There was definitely some things that were bad and good on both sides. Um, I'm definitely gonna you know say that. But overall, I think some sides were a little bit more petty than others, and we really should look at. But we also but saying that you know. I'm a very opinionated person, and I, I did put my opinion in there a little bit. I did put my bias in there. You probably you probably know you know who I support, but overall, I'm human, so it's gonna happen. Um, but that basically sums up what we were taught, what um, the discussion. Um, and with that, do you have any more anything else to say, Brianna?
Um, I think just the only thing that I would have to say is I definitely agree with you. Like, I think, you know, politics are for debates. And so like when you're using facts, um, that's a debate. But when you're attacking someone's character, like that's a fight. And so fights shouldn't take place in politics. But yeah. yeah. And I actually think it's called an ad hominem. I'm going to look this up right now. Oh, yes. That is a debate fallacy. I have a, I have a, I have a, a definition by Google Dictionary. It is of an argument or reaction directed against a person rather than the position they are maintaining. So in, in change, uh, they were doing a lot of ad hominems, attacking the person and the person's character rather than the person's uh, position or the person's politics, basically. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's, let's wait. I'm pretty sure y'all listen. I've learned this sometime in school. Let's not, let's not use ad hominems. Let's, let's be civilized. Anyways, with that, um, we are going to be ending this long discussion that we've had with Brina. And I really appreciate you being on with us today. This has been Thank such you. an interesting time. I loved talking to you. I felt like I did most of the talking. I'm very sorry about that. I apologize. Uh, but I did appreciate to be able to still listen to your opinions. And, and I know they're, they're, kind, they're similar to mine, but just be able to hear your perspective on what you listen to and how you saw in both the DNC and the RNC was just great. So thank you so much for being with us today. This has been an absolute amazing experience. Thank you for having me. It was a ton of fun. Okay. Well, with that, um, we're in this we're in this long, long segment and talking about the DNC and the RNC. So I'm gonna try to make this quick, but I didn't want to leave this one out because doing the quote at the end, I think, is a really great thing. I know this episode has been really, really long. I'm so sorry, guys. I just didn't want to really take anything out because everything really had an importance. And I thought it was just, you know, I'll have a little meaning in there. But anyways, I'm going to give you guys my little quote of the day. Keep on this tradition. This one is from Harry S. Truman. He says, America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and an unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. Guys, that's it. I'm going to let you guys determine what you think about that quote just because I don't have enough time. Uh, yeah, time. It's, it's great. But with that... Just stay strong, stay brave, think deeply. I really want to encourage you guys to do that. And remember, you guys are important. Average citizens are the backbone of a society. I don't care who says it. And you will hear a lot. Like, if you listen to this episode, you probably heard all my little rant about celebrities. Yeah, they, they're not the backbone of society. You guys are. Average citizens are the backbone of society. I cannot push that enough. Anyways, listen to this episode. And thank you guys so much for listening to this point. Just also want to say, because I feel like I didn't put in that, uh, I'm an average citizen too. So I would hope that somebody would say that average citizens are important because they are. Well, that's all for now, average citizens. Thank you so much for listening to Average Citizen. If you guys like our show and want more information, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at official average citizen or check out our website, which is in the link in the bio. If you guys really love our podcast, don't forget to give us a subscribe and a five-star review on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or your truly Apple Podcasts. 